25 minutes past the uh, 7 o'clock hour. It's uh, Wednesday, and that means that uh, we have officials from the city of Northfield. Joining us today is Mayor Pro Tem, City Administrator Jamie Reister. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning. Thank you so much for coming in today. And Ben Mardick, as always, uh, the Northfield City Administrator, is uh, with us as well. Let's talk about last night's uh, city council meeting. We'll start off uh, with the regular agenda. Uh, Some interesting items on the agenda, by the way, this week. Uh, And one, the first one that you talked about was the downtown redevelopment project, and that's for the 5th and Water Street, uh, the proposed new development there. Uh, Let's start off by uh, talking about that. Who wants to go first? I can kick it off. Okay. (laughs) Tell us about what what, what the plans are and kind of the scope and the scale of the whole thing. Yeah, so as of now, we're still calling it kind of the 5th and Water Street redevelopment project. The city had acquired some properties um, in the area of the uh, current liquor store site to help facilitate a new liquor store project along kind of Water Street. Uh, And uh, we're also doing some planning along Bridge Square um, as well. And so really kind of looking at melding a little bit that public realm, uh, hopefully seeing some public improvements done in our park and and, um, uh, riverway, and then also uh, redeveloping the liquor store site as well down on Water Street. And so um, we we gone through a number of processes we met with uh, we had a committee and staff meet with uh, some prospective developers to get their input on what might potentially they see for market conditions in that area because we would see partnering on a project that would involve other private developments that the city would not directly be involved in it might help facilitate that so we got some good feedback um we also then did a request for uh, proposals, qualifications related to a potentially finding a developer partner to help go through a process to identify maybe what the community is looking for, envisioning, and then work uh, then work from that to develop kind of a vision from it. And Councillor Reister did sit on that uh, committee and got to hear uh, from some developers and also interviewed. And we're just really excited. Uh, last night, the council gave direction through a motion to uh, support the committee's recommendation to work with the Lander Group, um, really to be a development partner, to work with staff, uh, lead us through some stakeholder input, some community engagement, and then ultimately kind of figure out what might work for a site. And um, so the council gave direction to that. And they've got um, really, I think, qualifications really stand out in the areas where they've done a lot of work in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Twin Cities area, but they really focus on those, um, on infill, smaller infill site projects and um, also kind of unique developments that also kind of factor in the importance of the public realm. And so we felt that this was really a a unique partnership and opportunity that we're really excited about that the council um, actually authorized last night. And we do have Councillor Reister with us right now, who was on that group. So tell us about that uh, the group. What were you looking for in a developer, and what did you find with this Lander group? Talk about that process. And it's Councillor Reister. I'll just Reister, I'm sorry. No problem. <laughs> I, I don't want you to keep... I'll, I'll get confused. Don't mind <laughs> um, well, well, the... I sat on the original committee that just met with some developers to see how feasible this might be and what interest there might be in the market conditions and what this could look like. And we got some really great feedback because this is a wonderful location, waterfront property in a historic neighborhood and a historic district near a historic district um, that a lot of people were really excited about what this project could be and then I sat in on that second group the officially were called the downtown redevelopment project review committee and the mayor was on that as well also represented on that was the HPC the EDA and the planning commission so it was a group of people who already are very familiar with our city very invested in our city 
Um, and we had some um, background material and interviews, and the Lander group just really stood out as a very creative group. Um, they, as, as Mr. Marty said, this is what they do is infill small projects, um, and they had just a lot of great insight into possibilities, and also they understand our city, and they understand the importance of this location. Um, they understand the importance of our historic downtown to our community. They know there's a lot of a lot of uh, pride in our downtown. They're very good at working with the community for community engagement. So they'll be partnering, partnering not just with the city, but with the residents of our city too, to find out what we want on that spot. And their, their presentation, their ideas were very inspiring. And there was um, clear consensus in the group that they'd be an excellent developer to work with on this project. Now, on the project, it's going to be, uh, <clears throat> along with uh, the liquor store you know, from the city of Northville, there's going to be a private development uh, component with that uh, for the rest of the uh, complex. Have we figured that out yet? What we're going to need, whose building it's going to be, who's going to pay for all this? Has that formula been uh, calculated yet? No, and that's the exciting and fun part that we get to work on. And um, so we'll be working with them. In fact, they showed a broader project area that could expand a redevelopment. And so there, there could be additional properties assembled that we don't currently own. So we might be talking to people in that area to see if they might have interest in, in broadening some of this project out. But I think really that's a process we're going to go through to determine kind of... Uh, what we're looking for. We know in the end, one of the key components of a redevelopment project uh, that we've been working on is to have a new liquor store that we've been working decades on trying to, you know, improve that experience for our customers and better deliver to the market uh, what people are looking for and also represent the city well and kind of controlling alcohol. But that's certainly one goal of it. But we know that um, we really need to have a multi-level building. This is in, you know, a federally designated historic district or adjacent to it. Um, so how might this project allow us to meet some goals to further activate and complement the downtown? So that's a, it's really like going to be fun to go through this project. And Councilor Reister talked about some of our boards, and we're going to hear from the public on it. And certainly there needs to be market returns, too. So on a private developer, they're going to have to have a return on investment that's reasonable as well with their with their investment. But we're looking forward to that. Certainly, we think there's likely to be some components of housing probably on the upper levels because um, it would be a multi-level building is what we'd be looking at. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, we've got uh, we've got quite a bit of a blank slate and it'll be a good process to go through. When you, you have mentioned additional landowners in the area, talking with them about the uh, scope and it may get bigger. Uh, you've got Reese Winter and you've got the post office, as far as I can see, maybe the Beermans, but uh, they've just spent billions in their own building, or I should say the rebound with that building. Are we looking across the street? Are we looking somewhere other than those two landowners? What? Uh, uh, give us some direction there. Yeah, you kind of covered the area on the uh, north side, and then we did acquire the Northfield News Building. So, mm -hmm. like, one question is our, our initial plan was to be there temporarily with the liquor store while we were redeveloping the site and then be able to move into it. But we also know that that... that particular block too could potentially what do we do with that building when we're done do we do we just keep it as is does that become potentially a redevelopment area as well so that that side of the block on the south end is one area that we've taken a look at we also hope as you go down the river we've had discussions with you know even as an example of the um of the river mall that like what can we do to 
encourage the owners of that to consider reactivating the backside of that facility too. We've got a beautiful park and trying to activate the river. Um, we have a restaurant down there with, you know, uh, Carbonis. Could, would they have an interest to have more of a backside presence to it too? It might be, you know, so it's really looking more broadly in that area about what opportunities there might be, but also might even be the rest of downtown. We'd also talked about district parking that, you know, that might, we're not going to be able to accomplish all of our needs and parking certainly is one thing we're looking at to try and better use that park area along the river. That's got some parking, but we know we need parking. So is it time for us to also explore maybe some structured parking that might be incorporated in a, in kind of a downtown plan as well. So there's a lot of moving parts. Uh, there's a lot going on and, um, but it, but it's exciting. It's an exciting opportunity too. And like Councilor Reister said, this is probably be about as prime the property that we have with its centralized location off of the river between the historic district, and we'll have one chance to do it well um, before you know we're going to be having it for decades uh, going forward. And hopefully, it becomes part of our history in Northfield too. And we're proud of it. So um, we want to make sure we're we're thoughtful through through the process. All right, let's move on uh, to the uh, flood uh, flood issues in uh, in a certain neighborhood that's on the would be the southeast side, I believe. We've talked a little bit about the the history of these program are uh, these houses and their flooding on previous programs, previous interviews with you. But for our uh, for our listeners who aren't familiar with that area, uh, Councillor Reister, maybe you can start off by just kind of describing where it's at and what the problem, what the issues are with the flooding. Um, I'm not sure if I can accurately describe without having my materials of the location. <laughs> okay, maybe But there are, are a number of areas around town that staff have identified as problematic um, just due to the nature of infrastructure, perhaps, in that area, our climate change, our uh, rainfalls have been getting heavier with, with climate change. And so there are areas in town that have been persistently problematic for, for some homeowners, also just some general street areas, parking lots, other places that have had flooding. Um, And we've talked about this at council on several occasions of how to manage this. And last night's issue was really to bring forward a policy. When um, staff has brought this forward previously, there's been some concern on council that we need perhaps to have some more of a more of a comprehensive policy that kind of spells out a little bit what city liability is or is not if we start working on private property, how that process works of how a private property might come forward as something that the city addresses so last night was um you know still just part of the whole process of discussing it we've still not come to a conclusion on how we want to handle some private properties that are affected but we did uh, choose our we well it wasn't quite action more discussion last night we did uh, ask staff to bring forward that policy that we saw last night for a vote um, to make that kind of our officially, um, I believe it's called the draft surf, or excuse me, the surface water management flood control policy. So we were in consensus that that looked good and that'll come forward at a next meeting um, to vote on that. And then that gives us the um, kind of framework to move forward to think about how we want to deal with the flooding issues. And some of it is infrastructure changes that we've talked about and some we will have to still think about our, our few handful of properties um, of how we want to handle it. It's a, it. It gets to be a trickier topic to talk about how the public 
uh, intervenes on private property. Yeah, that's and that's uh, kind of my next point would be, it's kind of new territory for Northfield, uh, not, maybe not around the world, around the state. I'm sure there's other cities and uh, municipalities that are are dealing with a similar type uh, uh, situation. Is there any like precedents? Is are there things that you've read that other cities have done that have worked or not worked? Yeah, the we did. There was additional research that was provided to related to some comparable cities, and I think you're right, Jeff. Where some communities it might be more obvious. You know, I've worked in cities where they're along a river, and they're, and they're just also with climate change, the the amount of times that the river was rising and causing homes to get inundated got to the point where the city got active in purchasing and removing homes from an area or maybe around a lake or along an ocean or something, where that might be more common. I think in this case where it's maybe a little harder because it's spread out across town is, is like we have regional, you know, drainage issues that we're dealing with. So it's not like it's all just along one area that kind of has major waterway that raise, rises and lowers. But there are times where you basically are looking, like Councilor Reister said, you first look and say what public improvements might we do to solve this problem, like expand a stormwater pond in an area, um, or improve the size of a stormwater pipe, which we are doing. We, the, the council did authorize previously some in public improvements related to those areas. But where it gets trickier is if there are really high public costs, or it might not even be possible to deal it on a public basis, sometimes there might be individual properties that there really aren't any really good solutions for. So you either deal with it as a property owner and kind of manage it, or you find solutions that might be modifying the home, or does the city actually get involved and acquire it and either remove it or... Um, you, you know, could you even relocate a house from one part of town to another part of town if you have to really get creative on possibly doing some of that kind of thing? But so it's kind of across the board and to every community, you really need to localize it to the site as it relates to stormwater management. And so, you know, I think with the, the policy that was developed, um, I think that it gives a good kind of general framework about when the city might get involved in those properties or not. Um, but then on an individual case-by-case -case basis, it still needs to kind of get vetted out and the policymakers will need to decide what to do. So I think on those handful of properties that we've got, staff will uh, be taking a closer look at those options, probably having some more engagement with the homeowner. Uh, and then at the same time, we'll be approving the broader policy or bringing it back, I guess, for the council to consider that at the next meeting. City Administrator Ben Martig and City Councilor uh, Jamie Reister are with us right now. Let's move on to edible cannabinoids. Which is a cannabinoid is just a funny term to me. <laughs> I, uh, it's uh, THC gummies and the like, uh, edible uh, uh, marrow or uh, cannabis products. Uh, that was talked about last night. You read the first ordinance uh, from uh, amending Chapter Thirty, the Health and Sanitation of the City Code. Uh, let's talk about that. I guess, uh, Councillor uh, Reister, we can start off with you. Uh, this has been on the agenda a couple of times. You've had some discussions, and now you have the first reading. Uh, is the first reading, is it perfect yet, or are you still yeah. kind of struggling with it a little bit or debating some of the aspects of it? I don't think perfect is a word we can use in this scenario, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> the state has really put cities in a little bit of a difficult position in passing this legislation um, fairly abruptly. Uh, most states, when something like this happens or they decide to move forward with legalizing, there's a, a period of time, maybe a year or a year and a half, to go ahead and start setting up those agencies or staff people at a state level to help 
regulate this and monitor this and move this forward. And instead, this was a fairly abrupt um, change that happened, I think it was July 1 in the state of Minnesota, um, without a whole lot of support, without any agency set up, without, a, a, you know, really comprehensive regulations or safety protection. So it was a little bit dropped in the lap of cities of how to manage this, if you so choose. Um, so I don't think there's a perfect answer. I think we got um, to really good compromise last night of how to move forward as a city. There was really never a time when it felt like anyone wanted to do nothing. If you do nothing, basically the state legislation that passed is, 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 is what it is in your community. Um, there was some discussion at, at some of the meetings about a moratorium, which would essentially put it on hold in our community for a year while we studied the issue. There, there was some discussion about that, but not a lot. As it turned out, there was more support to move forward with an ordinance that at least placed some regulation around it, just as we regulate alcohol and tobacco in Northfield, that we felt there was a need for some regulation of this as well. So there was a lot of really great discussion. Um, and I don't know if what we have is perfect, but we did pass a first reading. We do have an opportunity for, obviously, the second reading to come forward. Um, I don't know if there'll be a lot of changes that will be made at the second reading, but you know we do have the option as well with as, with a passage of time. If we see that this ordinance is not doing what we think it's going to do, we could always amend. Um, but at this point, I think I'm I'm comfortable with what we passed. I felt like we did our duty. I was not comfortable with doing nothing. I didn't think that was the right answer for our, for our residents. But um, I'm happy with what we decided on. It seems fair and also provide some regulation. Can you give us kind of an overview of the basic structure of it? Uh, you know, if somebody wants to buy or sell some edible cannabinoid products, what do they have to do? I don't think we're prepared to really get into giving advice on a business standpoint, but I'll give you what the regulatory structure yeah, is. Yeah, so, exactly. you know, the products are, are limited um, to the amount of THC that's in the product. So the state law has that. They also have some limits on packaging. One of the big things that's missing in the state law, too, though, is, well, there's a few, but one is they don't have, as Councilor Reister kind of indicated, they don't really have a structure to um, really review what's happening out there at a, at a business standpoint in the communities, and they also don't have any kind of compliance uh, capacity to deal with that. So the department... Uh, I think it's the pharmacy uh, department or something board kind of, of oversees board of pharmacy oversees it. I think they have a handful of people statewide that really are responsible for all types of pharmacy reviews. And so there's just no capacity. So ultimately it's going to be local um, to, to fall there. So number one, it's basically a licensing program. So similar to tobacco and alcohol through the city clerk's office, we would have businesses that would have to apply and register. That way we know where they are. Um, there'd probably be a fee related to the city's management of that and then enforcement. We could then do compliance checks to verify, like under state law, you have to be 21 in order to purchase this to so ensure that people are actually selling to 21 year olds they're checking identification so by identifying the businesses we can actually be kind of doing some specific compliance checks we can also look at the products um, to see whether they're you know exceeding the thc levels because in other states these you can get them at higher concentrations so that's one thing if a business is looking at doing this they better make sure that you know they're they're doing some homework on what is the maximum and the packaging requirements under the law um the council added a provision where you have to be 21 to also sell because of their concerns related to um, maybe by by being the age that 
that you can sell to, there might be a higher responsibility um, related to um, being being sold to the right the people. Um, beyond that, oh, and then we, there's also a provision where there's some question about whether this is even legal right now, but again, it just kind of goes to the to the new law. The, my original assumption was you couldn't purchase and consume on site. So if you were out at a restaurant that you couldn't maybe buy this beverage and then consume it there as an, you know, kind of an intoxicating beverage with THC in it. Um, however, it, there are businesses that have, there's been some media coverage of some businesses up in the Twin Cities where that's happening, where they're purchasing a, uh, like a seltzer um, at a brewery or that kind of a thing. And then they're also consuming them along with beer and we know the state's already said through our city off-sale liquor licensing that it's prohibited from being in liquor stores because specifically the product's not advised to be combined with alcohol. Now, again, you could have somebody out who's one person's maybe having beer and another person's having a THC seltzer, but the, our ordinance, at least for this time, is has a provision where you can't do like free sampling or consumption on-site. Um, and then again, we expect that the state would be taking a look at this later, but that was uh, some of the provisions of our ordinance. Yeah, I've, uh, I really have to uh, applaud you for tackling this. It, you've had no choice. I think you're absolutely right. The state just out of nowhere kind of dumped this on the uh, other cities without uh, thinking through much of anything. So I, I uh, applaud your your willingness to tackle it and find some uh, some guidelines. So good luck with that. Are you going to have the next reading uh the the next meeting in two weeks yes we'll have the next reading in two weeks and then we also will be talking about licensing fees we just touched on that very briefly last night to um, think about how much we might want to charge for a licensing fee uh, we you know have different fees uh, different amounts for alcohol and tobacco how do we want this to fall into that um there is discussion also there has been some discussion about how licensing fees could be used to help our police department enforce this because when the state set this up as well there's no funding at all for cities to manage this so could our fees help our police in policing this and then also education i really hope that our community and our schools take some time to educate um, about this it is it is not a harmless substance it is an intoxicating substance we do see overdoses and ingestion by children when this becomes legal in communities. Um, it, we know it has brain development and cognitive and academic effects on youth who start to use substances. So I, I do hope that our cities and our, our city and our schools take some time also for education on the topic. All right. We are uh, out of time. Thank you so much for coming in. It's much appreciated. Enjoy Defeat of Jesse James Days. It gets underway here shortly. Have uh, have some uh, food downtown and uh, to take in the rides and crafts and rodeos and everything else you want to do. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Mayor Pro Tem and City Councilor uh, Jamie Reister, along with Northfield City Administrator Ben Martig. Listening to 98.7.